Welcome back to Worship Weekly. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe. Most importantly, share Worship Weekly with someone else this week. This week's message is Believer's Behavior in Christ. And we'll start reading in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. But first, the Scotland Evangelical Presbyterian Church Choir. seen it like it is today. People just don't care no more. And uh, and the world's getting worse and worse and worse. And people don't realize it. They need to get saved. I want the entire list of believers behavior in Christ. Believers behavior in Christ. I want to pick up the reading verse 4 of Ephesians chapter 4. And I want us to start Reading it and speaking to it. I want you to put it right on top of that page there. Number one, walk in unity. Verses 1 through 16. As we read it, we'll read all 16 verses. And I want you to take it. You follow me in your, in your Bible. 
you need to follow me in your in your word. And it'll make a lot of difference in it. Yeah, I'm in the King James Bible. That's all I ever preached out of. And that's all I want, and I want no more. I want this one right here. It's good enough for me. Number verse 1. I therefore the prison walk in unity of the Lord Jesus. Beseech you that you walk on the line. Walk. Worthy of the vocation. Underline that. Vocation. Where with you are called. On that verse, put your calling, your vocation, your calling. Walk in your calling. Walk in unity. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbear one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity. And we need this today in our land time. We need a lot of unity in our churches. And we don't have it like we used to have it. But we need the unity in our churches. People are crossed up. I don't care whether you're a Baptist or Pentecost or Assembly of God or Mormon or Jehovah's Witness, what you need to listen to this verse of Scripture. Let the Word of God take root in your heart. So endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in it, bond of peace, walk in unity. There is one body and one Spirit. And as we are called in one hope, or if you're called underline verse 5, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. If you believe that, you should be able to get saved. One God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. On the line, verse 5, one Lord one faith, one baptism. And then verse 8, 9, and 10, underline it. I'm going to read it to you. Wherefore he said, when he ascended up, on how he led captivity, captive, and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it? But that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. Verse 10, he that descended is to same also that ascended up for above all heavens that he might fill all things. On the line nine, ten and eight, nine and ten. Read it later when you have a chance. I'm gonna go ahead and read verse eleven. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. There's a lot of difference between a preacher and a pastor. Uh a pastor knows how to take care of a flock, take care of his church. A preacher will preach, and he might be preaching better than a pastor, but a pastor's got a heart. And then God gave him to, to take and put people together. I know because God gave me that. And I built my first church, Junction City, Arkansas. We were running 200. And God blessed me in a little town of 700. And I thank God for it. Verse Twelve underline it for the perfection of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Underline that verse. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for what? For the perfection of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Thirteen, that we all come in the unity 
undermine that unity in verse 13 of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature undermine the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning of craftiness, whereby they lie in the way to deceive. They lie in the way to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up to him in all things, which is the head of every man, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and come back by which that which every effective worker in the measure of every part make it increase of the body unto the head of of itself in love. And you need to be in unity, that's number one. Walk in unity. You don't have to agree with everything everybody believes, but you got to believe and agree one thing, that you're going to want the way to get to heaven. That's through the blood of Jesus Christ. If you don't come that way, you can feel about it. Speaking in tongues is not going to save you. Being baptized is not going to save you. It's the blood of Jesus Christ you got to be washed in for your sins, and he'll take care of you. And you need to realize that and know it. Because God said it that way. And that's the only way we can figure it out. You need to realize that. The second point I'm going to make is in verse 17 through 32. We're going to read it. Walk in purity. Man, Christians don't like to be pure like they used to be. I hear them Christians cuss some, tell dirty jokes. Some of them run around with other women besides their wife, sleep with them. And I've never seen anything like boys and girls getting in trouble all the time. Some boys and girls don't even want to mind their mom and daddy anymore. But in the church, brother, listen to me. We are the church, the born-again Christians. And God's going to, when he calls us up, he's going to say, come up here, Baptist. Come up here, Pentecostal. Come up here, Catholic. Come up here a moment. He's going to say, come up here to his church. And we're the church. Verse 17 says this, walk in purity. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that you henceforth walk not as others. Gentiles walk in advantage to the mind. The moral conditions of the Gentile. Having to understand darkened being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts. The blindness, their hearts are blinded. A lot of people got their hearts blinded by something. And the only way anybody can break that is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, that's it. Can't do it other than that. So that's the hardening. Blind is the heart, who being past feelings having been given themselves over unto lasciviousness, outrageous living impurity, to work all uncleanness with greediness. People want to live, call themselves a Christian, and 
put a tag on them and live like the devil. Can't do that. It's not scriptural. And you, people looking at your life, people reading your life. They read my life, they read your life. And if your life don't line up with the book, brother, what you preach, you're going to send somebody to hell. Because they're going to say, well, I don't want what he's got. To work all uncleanness with greatness. But you have not so learned Christ. Lasciviousness is outrageous living. Right there, right beside it, but underlined lasciviousness in that verse 19. And right beside it, put uh, outrageous living. It's living like the devil. Verse 21, if so, be that you have heard him, heard him, and have been taught by him, as the, the truth is in Jesus. Verse 22, underline it, that you put all concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt, according to the deceitful is lust. You get rid of that old man, that old man's going to flare up every day. You can put him down the Holy Spirit that lives and you can do it. If you can, he can. And you need to put him down every day. Verse 23, and he be renewed in his spirit of your mind. Keep your mind clear. The devil attacks our mind. And brother, he can get you off of whatever you're doing by attacking your mind. He attacks me a long time when I'm praying for people. He attacks our mind. I got to stop and rebuke him. You better learn how to rebuke Satan when he attacks your mind. Because you run you, attacking your mind like that. And he'll, he'll stop you from serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And people will look at you. And when they see you, they don't think you're a Christian if you're not living right. Verse 24 on the line. And that you put on a new man. On the line at the new life. The new life. We're talking about walk in purity. New life, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, underline that. Speak of a man truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. And we need to try to talk, tell people about the truth instead of lie. I hate somebody to lie to me, and I know it, and that burned me up. Verse 26, be ye, be ye angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil, boy, you underline, underline that in your Bible, neither give place to the devil, don't let the devil keep you down as a Christian, you got the Holy Spirit lives in you, once you got saved. And he can uh, whoop the devil. He just need to bow your head and pray and ask him to get away from him. Verse 28, let him that stole steal no more. But rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that need it. Man, you need to do that. Don't stop, stop your stealing. I had a man in church in Johnson City, Arkansas one time years ago. I was preaching on Christian stealing, and he'd gotten saved. He was an alcoholic. He got to hold him and his wife, stopped him from drinking, and he was a rough boy, and uh, I really loved him. 
He, I mean, he means a lot to me. He told me I should have never left Johnson City when I had to be apart. When God told me to go down there, and I had to listen to God, not to him. But he always loved me, appreciates me. Because him and his wife got saved on him, and I married him. And I still love him. They lost a beautiful little girl. And I was supposed to preach to her funeral, drive up from Junction, from Alexander up there one Sunday evening. I didn't make it. I had a missionary come to my church. He didn't know how to get there, and I had to get, meet him. And I hated it, because they thought a lot of him, and I hated it. I called him up and apologized to him. They waited for, on the funeral for about 30 minutes for me to get there. I didn't make it. My wife said, you should have went. And I had somebody in church might have could have took care of the missionary, but you couldn't trust a man. And I just hated to have a missionary and me not be there. He don't know how to get there. So that brother, what I was going to say, I was preaching on Sunday morning stealing a Christian. Uh, you are not stealing. He said, Brother Jackson, coming out of church, and he talked to you in your office. I said, yes, okay. When I got through talking to him, shaking hands and everybody. I went in my office and that brother come in there. He said, Brother Jackson, he said, that message preached this morning got over my heart. I said, okay, sir. He says, at work, where I work at, he worked at a sawmill. He said, I've been stealing stuff. I got my garage full of stuff. Shovels, picks, axes, tools of all kind. He said, I've stolen the last year that I worked there. And I got saved, and I, I know that. And that sermon got over my heart this morning. What do I need to do? And I said, what I would do, I'd take all this stuff back. And if somebody seen me do it, I'd just tell them the truth. When I took it, and I knew I shouldn't have had it, and I got on a conviction of it, and I'm bringing them back. And they ain't going to say nothing, you tell them that. And he did that. And they caught him bringing him back. And they didn't say nothing because they knew the old boy got saved. He quit drinking so much. Just about quit, he quit now. He raised a family. But uh, he, uh, he learned some lessons. And um, he uh, brought all that stuff back and gave it to the... They never didn't do nothing to him. So let no corrupt, corrupt communication, verse 29, communication and underline that word that's speech let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth I mean that cussing he was speaking gossiping talking about people cutting down knocking their uh, religion or something I just ask that you just don't be gossiping about nothing you won't get that you won't get in that trait but that which is good to be used of edifying, edifying, underline that word, if I, that it may minister grace unto the, the here. So edify grace, that, uh, that purity that you love. Let folk know that you got saved by the way you live, the way you talk. Don't use that old corrupt language and stuff. I used to be a cusser. When I got saved, brother, for years I was raised in a car lot, and I got cussed many a time, and I cussed many a times. 
people out right back. But I don't do that no more. I would learn to hold my tongue. I had to ask God to forgive me of that and take it out of my vocabulary because I loved it. Preaching is to get mad and get cussed. I didn't want to do that. And so God took it out of my communication, my mouth. I thank God for it. Unline verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. You need to underline that. Make sure you remember that. There's a lot of people I talk to different religions just about every day or every week. I want you to know that they, they think they lose their salvation. But the Bible says he sealed us until the day of redemption. You've got the Holy Spirit living in you. The only way you can lose your salvation is getting rid of the Holy Spirit, and he ain't going to let you do that. So that uh, you need to realize that, that uh, God loves you, loves you enough to seal you, and he's going to get you to... David didn't tell you to come back and get your body. You're going to be saved. You might sin some during your lifetime. But God, you ask God to forgive you, he'll always forgive you. And if you go to heaven without asking him, if you die and go to heaven, you meet him at the judgment seat, and you lose some of your rewards. So don't lose your rewards. And then say you lose your salvation, you lose some rewards. And you don't want to do that. Then he says in verse 31, underline it. Let all bitterness get that out of your system. You don't need that. You want purity, walk in purity. Not bitterness. Bitter is everything, everybody. I've had a lot of people argue with me. I have some Joe witnesses arguing with me. One in my front yard, I was on the lawnmower cutting grass. I stopped, talked to him, and I asked him, where Satan where he went when God kicked him out of heaven with all them, third of them angels. He got to thinking about his world, I don't know. I said, well, I can tell you, if you read your Bible, you'll know. I said, in the Garden of Eden, he tempted Adam and Eve, and they failed, and we inherited their sins. He said, well, I didn't know that. He said, you sure taught me something. He said, you must be a preacher. I said, I am fundamentally a Baptist. Baptist, fundamental preacher independent. He says, well, we're going to go. We thank you for talking to us. Would you hold with us? I said, I know what you was when you walked up. Well, that's all right. You need to get saved. Let all bitterness get it out of your system and wrath get it out of it and anger let it go and glamour rid of it. And evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Malice. That, uh, that, uh, be put away from with all matters. Spiked, glamour, anger. You need to get that out of your system, you're a Christian. Walk in purity. Walk in unity first. And then walk in purity after you get saved. You need to walk in purity. Verse 32. And be ye kind, underline that. One to another. Tenderhearted, underline that. Forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. You need to learn how to forgive people. Don't hold something on your, on your heart. Forgive somebody. You're not perfect. You never will be perfect. You, when you get to heaven, you will be. Here on earth, you're just a, a human being. And you need to learn to 
to live for Jesus. So be ye kind one to another. And it's easy to be kind. It used to not be, but since I got saved, I, I can be kind to somebody. A lot easier now than I could before. And I thank God for that. God has put that in my heart. He put it in your heart when you get saved. You need to know that and realize that. This is Reverend Danny Jackson from the First Faith Baptist Church in Rogan, Louisiana, talking to travelers on the radio. We'll let y'all know that you need to get saved if you're not saved. And if you are saved, you need to go to church. And if you don't go to church, you ought to be shaming yourself.